This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Material is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, my name is Carol. I am the co-founder of Showcase. What I love about materials is that it's the building block of everything we create. Yak fiber and oyster shells? Does that sound like luxury? Believe it or not, it actually should. These are two unconventional materials that have been used to create soft, luxurious textiles that are also playing a notable role in advancing sustainability. Coming up, a manufacturer doing amazing things like this in an unexpected place, China. This is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Produced by Mouth Media Network, powered by Sennheiser. Your hosts for this episode are Stephanie Benedetto and Samantha Cortez. Hi, Carol. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us here at WEAR Conference, talking smart fabrics and wearable tech. And you and I first connected a while ago, and you had this incredible yak-based material. And I know even since then, you've been adding in all these crazy, unusual, sustainable materials to it to create really cutting-edge textiles. What are you doing? Um, So we love working with unconventional materials. Uh, I started working with yak almost 12 years ago. And um, even yak fiber, very few people in the fashion and textiles industry are familiar uh, with this unique animal fiber. Um, You only find it in the Himalayan regions. 80% of that is in Western China. The other 20% is in places like Bhutan and Northern India and these places. And so we spotted this fiber. We um, realized it was comparable to cashmere. It's actually warmer, uh, warmer than wool and more breathable than cashmere. And so we started experimenting with this fiber, creating different types of applications, introducing into the fashion textiles industry, and now using other sustainable materials, creating blends, and always focusing from, as I was saying, materials as the building blocks. But what can you create from these materials that can actually impact industry? The, you showed me here today um, an unbelievable, soft, luxurious textile. Can you tell me what it was blended with? It was sure. yak and what? Yak and Ecomarine. So uh, what Ecomarine is, is we've identified um, recycled PET bottles, but also blended it with oyster shell composites. So that's the really fun thing. Uh, And then you're probably asking, why are you blending it with oyster shell composites? Um, Well, part of it is that um, oysters, oyster shells in particular, have the natural property of anti-odor and antibacteria. So in a lot of coastal homes in Taiwan, where this technology was developed, um, people pulverized the oyster shells, mixed it in with paint, and painted the walls as a way for insulation. And so that was kind of where it was realized that, wait, if you further pulverize the oyster shells and made it into nanoform, you know, it would actually bring functional properties to, um, to other, um, other materials. So we just put it into textiles. And it's so interesting. You think about it. You're not just 
reusing waste for the sake of reusing waste, there's a tangible property and a benefit that you're adding that maybe traditional materials can't do. And I think that's something that sometimes gets so forgotten when we're talking about sustainable materials. It isn't just the sustainable aspect, also that it can do new, unique, powerful things to drive fashion forward. Yeah. And I know, can you tell us a little bit about some of kind of the brands you're working with and what, kind of what they've done, been able to do with your materials, including that wearable tech piece you showed me here? <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, we've been having a lot of great conversations with different brands. Um, as I was sharing, you know, a lot of brands want to become more sustainable, but are looking for fabrics that meet their design criteria, but also their procurement budget. And so we've been working with uh, the suppliers of many brands to coordinate our efforts to innovate into something that brands can then readily use. Um, because a lot of brands don't have raw material departments, and so it requires a lot of innovation. And, um, you know, since we're at the WEAR conference, one of the really fun things that we've done with a garment manufacturer that manufactures for major outdoor brands um, is that they've gone into the wearable technologies, uh, and we've then uh, brought our Yak and Ecomarine um, sweater with the wearable technology into a piece that people can wear daily. Uh, they can wear it when they're running. They can wear it loungewear or even to sleep. And it monitors their heartbeat. It monitors sleep patterns. Um, and not, not just the heartbeat, but also tracks the EKG. Set me, going back to the, um, the, the seashells, set me to the process of the, the, the converting that, five, that um, seashell into fiber, then into knitting or weaving. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so um, it's actually two processes. Um, so one is the recycle PET process. I think that most people are more familiar with. And so that's essentially the base of what the, the oyster shells come into. So if you think about it like baking, so it's like putting baking soda into the flour and then blending it. And that's, that's kind of uh, the process. But with the oyster shells, first you have to, you know, you have to collect it, you have to clean it, then you have to pulverize it at high temperatures. And once into this nan nano sort of powdered form, you then blend it in with the recycled PET pellets. And from the pellets, so it's actually completely blended in with the pellets, and from the pellets, you then get the fibers. And so once you have the fibers from the pellets, then you can blend the fibers with other materials. So that's where the yak fiber then came in. So we took the fibers from the Zika Marine and the fibers from the yak, and then we blended into the yarn and then made it into the fiber. Uh, it made it into the yarn and eventually the fabric. So it's blended into the fiber. Yep, absolutely. It's not necessarily woven in. Right, it's not twisted. woven in. It's not even a coating. Yeah, coating. Um, yeah exactly. so even from the fiber level, it was blended in. Yeah. So that's why you have. And, and what's very interesting is um, oftentimes recycled polyester has that kind of synthetic touch. Oh, and yes. And so when we were blending this, this oyster shell with the polyester, it created the wool-like scales. And so it almost has a very natural touch to it because the, the pulverized oyster shells became scales on, you know, the fiber of the, the recycled polyester. So it no longer has a synthetic feel. And so then it becomes a very interesting fiber uh, to be able to use for, has, you know, for many different properties. But I think, you know, even in this world of materials, we still have to consider, is it the best thing to always blend natural and synthetics together? I think if we're really, you know, considering the whole uh, closed loop idea, then it's still better to have materials in its pure form. Um, but I think that that's a continuous uh, innovation and continuous process that, you know, we're, let's start with the materials, let's identify unconventional materials uh, that can be have functional uses that are sustainable. And every step along the way, let's figure out how we can do better along the supply chain. It was a 
seeing how it's um, twisted into the into the fibers in the in the nylons and other mm-hmm. types. That's why I was trying to visualize the whole aspect of how do you take the pulverized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I do think that's something that's so interesting about what you do. And I know we've talked about it before, but understanding and applying that all those aspects of the supply chain really from the fiber and the thread up which is the kind of a theme we talk about a lot here how is it and what are the advantages that you have being in China to being able to control that supply chain and really take these brands and companies from the thread and fiber up to a true beautiful custom mm-hmm. textile I think you know people who are not in the industry um have the misperception that it's so easy to create clothing you know it is but it is not and when we really think about innovation there's so much coordination that's required you know from the materials people what fiber are you using from the spinners which how do you blend into the best yarns how do you make into how, are you going to knit it are you going to weave it you know and so you need a whole ecosystem of manufacturers who are working closely together to actually do innovation otherwise everyone downstream is just going to pick whatever they have and whatever is available and so the, the um, innovation is always incremental and factories you know they can become more sustainable whether they're using uh, better wastewater you know they're managing better energy practices but what they're doing is just within their the realms of the walls of their own factory and the advantage we have being in China is you know that is a manufacturing base and so we can do a lot of innovation but we need to have conversations with brands on what they need and um and be able to match that to actually do something very different for the industry I definitely want to get a little more into kind of the political, social, economic landscape and advantages and impact of being in China, but let's take a quick break and we'll be back soon with Carol from Shilke right after this. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, Mom's got this. <laughs> you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Material. Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. And hear all of our episodes on materialisyourbusiness.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Carol, so before break, we were talking obviously about the powerful role you play in China and connecting those dots along the supply chain. And obviously, it begs about the power of collaboration. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they think sustainability, they don't always think about China. What is it that you're seeing and that you're doing that makes it such a powerhouse? And what kind of implications could that have, especially for American and European designers who may not know how to work with that environment? So I think what's really interesting is that um, uh, protecting the environment is now one of key, China's key directives uh, with with uh, Xi Jinping. So actually, a lot of smaller houses, dye houses, uh, they've been closing down um, because they're not meeting the legal requirements. And so actually, the industry is facing with the true cost, uh, the rising cost. Um, and so actually, a lot of factories in China, the truth is that there's a lot of production delays in the last two years. And because many plants have been shut down because they're not meeting environmental regulatory restrictions. So I think I'm actually quite positive 
uh, about China as a whole in terms of becoming a more sustainable manufacturing base. But beyond just regulatory changes, um, the fact that you have such an ecosystem of different types of factories there, and they're all very close in industry clusters, that is just ripe for innovation. And so I think it really it's very important for a lot of coordination from each step of the supply chain. Um, but a lot of this, at the end of the day, is driven by market demand. And so, yes, China has the capability to do a lot of innovation coordination, but it really requires the American and European customers to demand that and to say we want more sustainable, innovative fabrics and supply chain. You go create that for me, and if you create that, we will buy it. Um, and so, I think the Uh, raw potential is there, but between the uh, supply and the demand, there needs to be a, um, a, a, a better meeting of minds. Absolutely, and, and kind of along the same theme of collaboration and community and a meeting of the minds. I know you also do powerful things with your community, what you give back, and the storytelling of the people who are a part of the supply chain in the process. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, sure. Um, as I was saying, as part of our unconventional fibers, we work with Yak Fiber. We source the fiber directly from Tibetan communities, and what we do is we identify young Tibetan entrepreneurs who want to, you know, serve their communities. And so we teach them on how to source the fiber, how to plug in into our supply chain, and in turn, we work with the larger spinners and weavers. And as they have the demand. We translate that demand into building more cooperatives, and part of those cooperatives we do is we work with women in those cooperatives as well, and so incorporating a degree of hand spinning or hand weaving、um, for designers who you know want that kind of handcrafted capability. So it's a lot of connecting people up and down the supply chain, and really bring together people who care about sustainability as well.、Um, so one of our partnerships with a major spinner, UPW,、um, we've we always commit one percent of our revenues back into the community, and the Spinner has also committed one percent of their revenues from the Yak Line into this community development fund, and we encourage other people down in the supply chain to do the same. So I think as more people are willing to do that joint commitment, then that's where change happens. Fantastic,、uh, you know, I, I think that's a powerful message and something a lot of companies need need to be doing.、Um, Just to close, as we're here, obviously at Wear Conference, can you tell us a little bit more about what that process looked like to embed the wearable tech into your fibers? Is it a meeting of the technology minds with the textile developers and and coming together? And how did that collaboration come about?、Um, yeah, absolutely.、Um, I think you know, especially with wearables. Oftentimes, it's you know people are usually more tech focused or either more garment focused. But you know, with any innovation, there needs to be much more of a、um, a cross pollination of ideas. And so,、um, with our partner spinner, our, our garment maker Sabrina,、um, what we've been able to do is bring together what's the most breathable and sustainable material. So we did this yak and eco marine, and then how do you create the best garment that's comfortable, that's machine washable, that can be fitting for different kinds of situations. Um, and so we started working together, and it was very. In fact, once we once we had that agreement that, that this is what we were going to do and which part we were going to play, it was very easy to coordinate the development of the of the concept. Well, that just again to your point, the power of collaboration when people come together, and if you keep in mind both the functionality and the beauty aesthetic and the development, you can create kind of beautiful, lasting, wearable, sustainable, technical pieces, which so many people forget.、Um, Kind of any final thought as you reflect on kind of this interview, your career path these past twelve years, building Showcase. Any message to leave our listeners and community with? 
Um, I would say that we're, we're really living in an exciting time. You know, I started working on sustainability, working with unconventional fibers uh, 12 years ago and nobody was talking about it. And now it's becoming mainstream. But what, how do we take it from ideas to action? How do we take it from the lab to actually the hands of the consumers? And once we do that, how do we then think about post-consumer waste? So we still have a long way to go, but it's definitely on the top of minds and hopefully taking it from, again, from conversations into real tangible action. Thank you so much, Carol, for joining us. How can our listeners connect with you and with the business? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, well, our website is showcase.com. Um, and also, yeah, we, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to connect. Oh, thank you again for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. And for Samantha Cortez, Adios. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. Back next time on Material is Your Business. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.